PJ Washington tells Hornets fans to stick with the bugs for their playoff chances. We talk about the absence of Cody Martin and we'll discuss the most clutch Hornets this season all today on Locked On Hornets. You're Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cause we live. We live. <laughs> It's Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Thanks for making us your first listen. We're free and available anywhere you get your podcasts, and that includes YouTube. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. I'm Walker Mail. If you don't know, uh, know who I am by now, you can catch me on WFNZ from 12 to 3, 92.7 FM. That is Doug Branson. You can catch his Substack every Hornets box score on his website, every Hornets box score.com. We evaluate. Sometimes I help every single Hornets box score in the franchise's history during the off season, but we can't just let all these 82 games roll by. So in the meantime, Doug is giving you analysis on every game taking place in the 2022 and 2023 season. Doug, if we are to maybe one day in the future, because it's <laughs> this podcast is going to exist almost forever because we have to evaluate all the Hornets box scores. So when we evaluate the 2022-2023 season, maybe five, 10 years from now, maybe we'll forget about the injuries. We'll forget about mm. some of the details as time allows us to do when we kind of go back in history and look. But I don't know if we're going to see P.J. Washington's, I don't know, plea for us to stick with his playoff chances because it's going to be really tough for them to get in the play-in and playoffs now that they've dug themselves this hole. But PJ did join Sam Farber on the Hivecast podcast, the team podcast, right, with the play-by-play announcer. And he said to the Hornets fans, hey, stick with us. We're going to get this thing, you know, fixed. We're going to get this thing on the right track. What did you make of PJ's comments and how realistic are they? Yeah, I don't know really what else he's supposed to say. He's not going to give up on the season. None of these players are going to give up on the season. That's they're they're not paid to give up on the season, and and they've been you know training their entire lives to get to this moment and win basketball games. So that's what they're going to be focused on. Uh, in terms of making an argument, you know, if I were if I were uh, you know PJ's basketball lawyer and helping him to make an argument to stick with the Hornets. You know, I think I would obviously start with the injuries that it's tough to make a judgment about. You can't really judge this team's record 7 and 20 fairly because they have been missing their only all-star player in LaMelo Ball. But not only that, they've been missing some other major pieces including Cody Martin who they only got for like like 8 seconds of that first game and they missed him a lot in the preseason as well. So, you know, we're going to be talking more about him in the second segment, but Cody Martin was supposed to be a big piece for this team. Uh, Gordon Hayward, uh, obviously, we've we've talked about you know what what kind of impact he can have on a basketball team when he's healthy. So you know once they get these pieces back, this is going to be a different basketball team. There is still plenty of time left, and they've got a lot of home games in the back half of this schedule. So it, it's a little bit more comfortable for them if they did indeed want to make a run. This is not an Eastern Conference that is similar to last season. That's going to be super strong record wise. So, you know, that's just a few things. I'm sure you could make a couple of more arguments, but I think there is it's it's tenuous, you know. I think the arguments are getting weaker, but there are some <laughs> arguments. There there are some arguments, but here when I look at it, 
I mean, if you go back to, I don't know, 2018, 2019, just the last few years of the records of the teams that would be theoretically the 10-9 seed at the play-in existed back then, and then what it's hap- how it's happened the last couple of years, it was kind of all over the place. And of course, the Hornets are right there on the outside looking in. In all of these cases, it doesn't matter how good their record is. So in 2018, 2019, Hornets are 39 and 43, and they're out of the top eight spots, but they are that nine seed. Detroit gets in with a 500 record at 41 and 41. You go to the next year, 2019, 2020, the Hornets are the nine seed, but they're 23 and 42. So a really bad year for the East. And a 23-win team, if the play-in existed at that point, Hornets would have got in, which is kind of hilarious if you evaluate it that way. And then you go to the next year. That's when everything kind of gets situated a little bit more, 33-39. Doug, it wasn't really until last year where you see these play-in teams, every single one of them, with a record above 500. So more than likely, you are going to get below 500 teams reaching the play-in. I do think that this is an Eastern Conference that is better, though. And while I do think this team is too good with everybody healthy to tank for this season, they're not too good right now. And they don't have LaMelo Ball back. And they don't have Cody Martin, who I really want to explore a little bit more in the second segment. They don't have Terry Rozier at times and Gordon. Like, we've done the whole injury thing quite a bit. But the reality is we don't know when these guys are coming back. The LaMelo timetable, as frustrating as it was for fans the first go-around, I feel like we have less clarity the second go-around, right? Like, because the first time, we could do some deductive reasoning as to how much time he was going to miss based off of a grade 2 ankle sprain. Did we ever get the exact injury for LaMelo Ball the second time? Was it just a re-injured, hey, copy and paste, grade 2 ankle sprain? Did he tweak it? And all of this is on LaMelo too, right? Because right now it's really up to him when he feels healthy enough to go out there. And that's cool. I'm not, I'm not criticizing him, but we do have less clarity based off of LaMelo the second time around, which means I don't know when the Hornets are going to get their best player, which means I don't know how good they're going to be to actually get in the play in spot. Well, I don't know if the Hornets know when they're going to get their best player or really any of these players back. It, It looks like they're starting to be more, uh, there's some more participation in practice, but but I think the latest, uh, for, uh, the latest intel from Rod Boone was that they were doing non-contact stuff still. So this is not an imminent return for any of these players, including uh, DSJ, who we haven't mentioned yet, also on the injured list, uh, or Mark Williams. We haven't really talked a lot about Mark Williams at all being on the injured list because he hasn't really been in the rotation, but he's also dealing with, with a left ankle sprain. It's all happened on the left side, the sinister side this season for the Charlotte Hornets. Uh, But, you know, I I think, yeah, I think we are going to remember the injuries, by the way. I think history will, you know, at least if this podcast is still going, we will note, you know, whatever the record ends up being, whatever they end up doing at the trade deadline, we will note that it all began with a string of really just terrible, no good, awful, bad luck uh, from injuries. Uh, but, But I do think... You know, this is a a young team. This is a team that is uh, featuring players that have played together, maybe not with the coach, but they've played together uh, for a few seasons now. So there is some familiarity, not a a ton of roster turnover. So it's not like out of the realm of possibility that all of these players get back and they get right back into the groove. But I do think that I – well, here's what I hope, Walker – 
that a couple of these players come back at the same time and they get a good like three or four game sample of how this team is going to play with those players, maybe five game sample. And then they make a call because you you don't want to let this thing get, you know, drag on into like 10 or 12 games. And then you start winning a little bit and all of a sudden, you know, you are late lottery doomed uh, because you kind of play, you kind of sat the fence and played the middle. You know, Mm -hmm. I really hope that they quickly make an evaluation once they get a few guys back. Okay. Is this a team not, not that can play well, because they need to play better than well. They've got to go on a pretty historic run in the back half to get this thing back into contention. You know, is is that what this team's capable of? I hope that's what they're evaluating when they do return. The last thing I'll say is you have to compare them to other teams, right? When you're talking about how they can get to the play-in and the playoff. And even with the record, some of them being below 500 in the play-in, you are talking about three teams in the East that are clearly worse than everybody else. One of those teams right now, it is the Charlotte Hornets, the Orlando Magic, despite going on a three-game winning streak as it currently stands, by the way, the Orlando Magic still 8-20, and Charlotte is 7-20, and and Detroit, who did just lose Cade Cunningham, and the Hornets play Detroit tonight, they are 7-22. and They also have by far the three worst point differentials of anybody in the Eastern Conference. So even if you have a couple of teams below 500 in the play-in, you're talking about Chicago and Washington within two games of the play-in, and that's after Washington has lost seven straight. So it's actually not it's 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 actually better teams in that 11 and 12 spot as well that you're kind of talking about with the east because it's deeper it might not be as top heavy if you go play in and beyond but it is yeah. deeper if you even go outside the play okay now i'm gonna make i'm gonna make a final counter argument for sticking with the bugs okay i'm gonna make actually i'm gonna make two final counter arguments for sticking with the bugs Love it. first of all toronto i think lost back-to-back games they're sitting in the nine seed uh, they lost back-to-back games to Orlando, so they're all over the place. The Miami Heat made no changes in the offseason, very similar to the Charlotte Hornets, made no changes in the offseason, and they are feeling it. Everyone is just frustrated there. It's a whole that 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 is uh, turned into a whole debacle, and I don't know that it gets any better unless they make some moves. Sh- Chicago, eleven and fifteen, that's a surprise. They'll probably get a little bit better, but they're dealing with some injuries as well. The Wizards have lost seven straight games. They're a mess. I don't believe in any team that features Kristaps Porzingis. I'm sorry, I'm just I can't buy into it. He's playing I, well too. Yeah, that's fine. No, that's you. fine. But he, just his you. whole aura, <laughs> I think, brings down organization. I mean, show me an organization that has gotten better by adding KP. I just uh, they've gotten better by by getting rid of KP. I think. Uh, so, no, I don't believe in Christos Porzingis. I don't believe in the Washington Wizards. So, if the Hornets get healthy, I think they're the team out of this group that could be primed to make a run. My final counter argument is this for fans who are wondering should I stick with the Bugs? Should I continue hoping that they win? I don't really know what choice you have. This is your entertainment. What are you gonna get, what are you gonna do? Like watch C-SPAN? Like this is the Hornets. You gotta watch them. So why not cheer for them to win? If it's it, you have no control over it anyway. I mean, it's a good time when they win. So what choice do you have? Just buckle um, in, baby. Yeah, that that argument. You are you gonna watch C-SPAN instead? I like that <laughs> argument. Yeah, I mean, come on. Are <laughs> oh, you gonna hang out with your family? Come on. All right, coming up next on the Lockdown Hornets <laughs> podcast. Don't go to sleep on the Hornets just yet. I feel like we've talked a lot about LaMelo for good reason. Even Gordon Hayward polarizing, but for good reason, because he makes a difference out there on the court. Haven't talked a lot about Cody Martin and his absence. Do you just plug him in right away as soon as he's healthy and he takes all of his minutes back? We'll discuss that in just a moment. But this episode is brought to you by Turo. 
That's right. Turo is the world's largest car sharing marketplace. With Turo, you can book any car you want, wherever you want it, from a community of local hosts. Hey, Walker, that's cool. We're local hosts, right? So, you know, local you, hosts got to hang with you, local you, hosts. Yeah. That's right. Browse a huge selection of vehicles for just about any occasion or budget across the U.S., U.K., Canada, and coming soon to Australia. Crikey! Oh, yeah. Book a spacious SUV or minivan for a family road trip. Get a classic or luxury car for a special event, birthday, or holiday. We got the holidays coming up. Find affordable economy cars if you're on a budget and just need to get from point A to point B. Test drive that new electric vehicle you've had your eye on to see how it fits in your everyday life. Many Turo hosts can even deliver the car right to you. And I like that because I don't like moving an inch. Every trip is backed by liability insurance. Terms, conditions, and exclusions apply. Forget boring rental cars and find your drive at Turo.com. More Locked on Hornets ahead. Is Locked on Hornets. But I have seen him go all the way up to number 10. That was, is there a warning? Do we need to get out of here? Okay, here's the thing. I don't know if you heard, but my watch went off, and I was trying to silence it, and then I accidentally hit ping the phone, and then the phone pinged, and and now here we are. <laughs> I'm doing my best, man. It seems like you're doing your very worst. <laughs> well, sometimes it seems like you're. I'm actively fighting you today to move. To sometimes move my best is my worst. It's time for more of the Locked On Hornets podcast. Thanks for making Locked On Hornets your first listen today. Make your next listen Locked On Sports today. And the games that matter the most, the biggest stories in sports could be on the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Before we get to Cody Martin, Doug, you wanted to share something with us. I don't know if you can see my screen right now, Walker. I can. Okay, uh, so we were mentioning practice and the and the intel that Rod Boone was bringing us from the Charlotte Observer. He also sent in this picture on Twitter it says Hornets had a special guest at practice today at Bubba Wallace and the 23, I don't know how to say this. The, uh, it's it's MJ's racing team. 23-9. 23-9, got it. What's the um, nine? I so think I, that's I, right. Yeah. What's the nine? Because, I mean, 23, that's MJ, right? I mean. Maybe I'm wrong about that. I'm sorry. Go ahead. What, we'll 11? Isn't XI 11? Yes, 23-11. Thank you. <laughs> I can't read the handle. I just thought that's what it was called. And then I saw XI. I was like, wait a minute. That's 11. <laughs> Let me. All right. I don't, I don't know what the 11 correct. means, but it's MJ's racing team. All right. So here's the deal. Bubba Wallace was at Hornets practice. And, uh, th- but my thing is like, I know the injury situation is bad, but it's getting ridiculous that Bubba Wallace, that MJ has recruited Bubba Wallace to come in and help out. Like, I mean, can he even shoot threes? Like, what are we, <laughs> what are we doing? I'd rather have Jay Cole. Can we have him and, and shoot some baskets for us? And well, he doesn't we race cars. Uh, so that's, that's going to be a problem. Uh, anyway, good. I also, I got an AI chat bot. I've been messing with it. I don't know if you've heard about this chat GPT. I've been writing a lot about it on, on every Hornets box score, but it's this revolutionary chat bot and you can type things. You can get it to write you stories and poems and different things, but I got it to, I wanted to see if it could write me a joke about the, the, the number of Hornets injuries that we've had this season. And I got, I had to workshop with it a little bit. We kind of had to go back and forth. We got into the writer's room, me and this, um, artificial intelligence and and it actually gave me a pretty good joke you want to hear it yes great you had no choice (laughs) i I, I say yes or no i'm going to say it anyway all right so i said finish this joke the charlotte hornets are so injured 
instead of calling plays, they call out the names of their painkillers. <laughs> That's pretty good, AI. Vicodin! Vicodin! All right, we're running Vicodin! <laughs> hey, morphine, cut! Cut it! <laughs> morphine, cut! Cut my leg off! It hurts too bad! Vicodin! Vicodin! I like that. I That's perfect. Yeah. Okay. Maybe we, can we have an AI? I don't. Do we do this every day? I mean, I don't know. Do we do this? I once don't know. A week? Well, I'll read you the. Here's the problem. I'll read you one of the other ones. I said the Charlotte Hornets are so injured. Their team doctor goes by the nickname Doctor Miracle Worker because he's always performing impossible feats of healing. So oh, yeah, it's not as good. Right. It's not as good. You get the occasional gem, but in terms of humor, it can do a lot of crazy things. In terms of humor, the humans uh, were still winning that war. Oh, thank God. That's all we got right now. Um, okay, sounds good. I'm glad that we have a little something over the AI chat bot, although the first joke was pretty damn good. Cody Martin, one of those people. I, <laughs> the transition was going to be on painkillers, but we're not going to say that about Cody Martin. Instead, he's one of those people <laughs> that is injured right now. And it's not somebody that we've talked a whole lot about here, Doug, because LaMelo is the star. Gordon Hayward is the highest paid player on the team. You get the drill by now. I'm interested when Cody Martin is available, right? He was diagnosed initially to be out for about four to six weeks. And once he comes back, I think most people view him as having this huge defensive impact, which he is all over the floor, right? I mean, this is someone that kind of buys in more to defense than anything else. He's a great cutter. He shot very well in the first half of last season from three-point land, which is great because he really worked on that in the offseason leading to that uh, season. And so what was great about him is, is the fact that he was able to stay on the floor offensively and be the beneficiary of some kickouts. Do you think it's easy for Cody Martin to just kind of come in and not have to worry too much about Dennis Smith Jr., Bryce McGowan's even, who's getting a lot of minutes? I mean, is it just easy saying, okay, once Cody's ready to go, maybe we do the whole knock off the rust thing. But once he's fully healthy, Cody gets all his minutes back. Or do you think there's some worry, at least from a Cody Martin standpoint, that, you know what, Dennis Smith Jr., somebody else has kind of eaten some of those minutes? I don't think there should be too much concern, especially not Bryce McGowan's, because, you know, Bryce has to get bigger. Co Cody Martin, I think he has an inch on Cody Martin in terms of height, but in terms of weight, it's no contest. You know, he's he's got to get bigger before he can really feature prominently in the rotation. So, so I don't think Cody has to worry about Bryce McGowan's necessarily. DSJ might eat into his minutes at the margins, but I think Cody Martin's place within the rotation is is pretty safe because it's not like he came in and played terribly for a couple of games and then got injured where there would be some question marks, you know, about maybe, maybe they made the wrong decision on that contract that they gave him. But no, I mean, we didn't see him feature really at all. So once he gets 100%, he's going to get his opportunity to showcase what he can do. And honestly, like, it's it's not like he's the best defender in the NBA. I think sometimes we overrate no. his defense. Um, oh no, I it, completely agree on that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But here's what it would do: people have had to fill in for a lot of the players that they've lost defensively for Lamelo Ball's uh, steal rate, for DSJ's ability to ball pressure, for Cody Martin's ability to competently and, and sometimes defend super well on the wing. You've had players like Kelly Oubre have to step up in that department, and and you wanted him to step up a little bit, but I think the fact that he's had to contribute so much defensively has probably hurt his ability 
uh, to be as active offensively, especially from the three-point line that we've seen this season. But it's not only that. It's the fact that Cody Martin can shoot three-pointers. I was looking at his points per shot attempt, Walker. Last season, it was almost 117. It was 116.9, which would have put him in the 72nd percentile. And then I just out of curiosity, I wanted to see where that would rank you know, within the team at large. And that would put him in fourth place on the team behind Nick Richards, Mason Plumley, Bryce McGowans, who hasn't had a lot of shots. He's made them, no, he is not. but he hasn't taken a lot of shots. So really, you kind of throw that one out. And and that's it. So really third on the team in terms of points per shot attempt. Teo's right there at 116.5. But his points per shot attempt last season was better than Jalen's this season, Gordon's this season, Kelly's this season, as much as we've you know lauded his offense uh, we know about Terry Rozier's efficiency and it being really bad, but LaMelo Ball and those sh- uh, short little stint that he had there was 103.7. We know that's going to get better. But all I'm saying here is that his offense is sorely missed too, and-, and I think he would fit neatly right back into the rotation. No, that's exactly where I would go with Cody, right? Because I, I completely agree with you. And I think Cody, I think it's the 100% effort thing. I think on ball, he's better than team defense. I think that's probably true about Cody Martin. But you're right. It, it. I think I was just going with the overall perception of what he is from a fan base. Mm-hmm. But when you're talking about his offense, it's funny. The three-point shooting is needed. I mean, he's, yeah. a, he's a great cutter. And he and Jalen McDaniels on the floor together, that's awesome cuts, especially when you get some passers out on the perimeter. Gordon, you know, and LaMelo. It, it's nice to be able to have one guy cut. Okay, leak out, cut. That That's fun. But it's the three-point shooting, 38% for Cody Martin. If we're talking about Dennis Smith Jr., he's been a better three-point shooter this year than in years past, but it's still only 33% right now. And, I mean, I guess he did shoot 35 with Detroit, but on a very small sample, only 20 games. guess same thing here, right? 33 on two attempts per game. So this was a team that was really a very good shooting team in the last couple of seasons. Not so much this year. A lot of that is because of the injuries. Yes, LaMelo. Yes, Gordon. But also Cody, who improved as much as anybody. Remember, he was at the front of the league for a long time with his three-point shooting. And then the second half, it really did hurt Cody Martin. So I'm hoping we get more of a happy medium and maybe even more so first half. But you're right. The offense, that's something that would help with this team and specifically the shooting. According to Clean the Glass, the Hornets are shooting 36.7% from the corner. Uh, That's 19th in the league. And then non-corner is dead last in the league, 31.1%. I think Cody Martin would help both of those things by being more available in the corner to improve that corner three percentage, but also his defense, allowing some of these offensive players uh, you know, to not have to guard the best player every night and probably helps their shooting percentages as well. The final thing that I'll say in terms of your question about whether his, you know, role would be cut is I don't I think the Hornets have no choice but to see what they have in Cody Martin because they just signed him to this four year thirty plus million dollar deal, which the is a only good it was, free agent acquisition they made this year. Right. Yeah. Right. And it was a good deal. And I think you have to yeah. uh, you have to do something with it. It reminds me of this story where I I went to this like uh, burger place in Oak Ridge, Tennessee, and they had a hot wing challenge. And the hot wing challenge, it was like these hot wings with like capsaicin oil and ghost pepper. It was supposed to be like yeah. the hottest pepper and t- hottest uh, wing, hottest chicken wing in in Tennessee. And I wasn't ready to do the entire challenge, but they had one wing for ninety nine cent. You could buy one of these like super duper hot wings 
for 99 cent. I said, 99 cent? I mean, I could try it. It's, I could try the wing. I could see if I could do the challenge. So I, I 99 cent, I, I laid it down. I got the wing. I started to eat it. And then I just started to zone out. And, and anyone who's stuck with this show for a very long time knows sort of what that look looks like because I, I tried to do the one chip challenge on the show before and it didn't work out. But um, I, I took one bite of the wing and I just sort of went to another place. Like it hurt so bad. It was stinging my entire mouth. And I just sort of tried to go to like my happy place to, to stop. It was sort of, I kind of look like, if you're watching on YouTube, I look like this. I was like, uh. yeah, I just I think- went into this sort of trance. Um, what was the comparison What's there? the point? Yes, you're, <laughs> yeah. you're wondering what the point is. The point is, this is the point of the story, is that my then girlfriend, now wife, uh, producer Katie, looked at me and said, why don't you stop? Because I went to go take a second bite, Walker, after that first bite where it put me into a dream state trance. Uh, one of those like, you know, you take ayahuasca and you go on a, what is it, a vision quest. I was on a yes. hot wing vision quest. And I and then I pick it up and I go to take a second bite and my and producer Katie goes, why why are you doing it? Why are you taking a second bite? And I I looked at her dead in the eye, wing sauce on my face, my entire face beat red, and I looked at her in all seriousness and I said, I mean I paid for it, and that's where the hornets are. They look they have no choice. They paid for Cody Martin. They've got to find out what they have in them. Yeah, I hope it's not as painful as your capsaicin oil chicken wing, though. That's what I hope is not. I had to go a long way to get to the point there, but I think the point was well made. We should have let the AI chat bot just tell us that joke (laughs) instead or something like that. You don't know. (laughs) The the thing is, you don't know. Maybe I did. That's the danger. That's the scary part of the AI is that you really don't know whether that's a true story or whether I had the AI generated. It's such a good point. All right, coming up next on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. Don't go to sleep on the Hornets just yet. Not only do we hear more from artificial intelligence, probably, but we'll also talk about the most clutch Hornets this season since the NBA did create a new clutch award named after the logo, Jerry West. We'll get to that in just a moment, but do want to remind you that this episode is brought to you by Bet Online. A lot of my a lot of my teachers described my intelligence as artificial. So <laughs> <laughs> But you showed them. You showed That's them right. you have a daily podcast now. Uh, Bet online is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. In fact, I used Bet online right before the show to find out that the Charlotte Hornets are favored by three points against the lowly uh, Detroit Pistons, but they are favored by three points tonight. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there from football to basketball to soccer and esports. They've got it all at betonline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. They are always the fastest and the easiest way uh, to get your betting fixed. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. Uh, More dumb stories ahead on the Locked on Hornets podcast. You are listening to the Locked on Hornets podcast. David. The show's barely been on. How are these injuries going to affect the Hornets' ability to beat the Miami Heat? I'm going to go get some more buttermilk while you talk about it. (laughs) Get more Hornets analysis on LockedOnHornets.com. (laughs) 
So since the NBA came up with the most clutch award named after Mr. Clutch himself, Jerry West, I guess they didn't feel like the logo honored him enough. So they needed to create a new award to honor Jerry West. I mean, is that who this- you think? Is that who you think of? When you think of clutch, do you no. think? I mean, we're young, you it's, know. I think that's the tough part. But I don't know that he enters the sort of public. But but also, I mean, young relatively. But but I think also like, is he in the public consciousness of young people who they need to watch more games and care about these awards? Is Jerry West who we think of as clutch? I mean, who do you think of? I go Reggie Miller, even though he didn't win a championship. But Reggie hit a bunch of big time shots. I mean, so I, I Ray Allen, you know, with one of the I mean, most I go clutch Co- shots. I mean, I go time. Kobe, but did they name the uh, isn't the all? Well, yeah, MJ, but they gave him the MVP right. award. But Kobe, they didn't they give? Isn't that the All Star? I think Kobe has the All Star. Oh, is that right? Yeah, that could make sense. I feel like I'm gonna look it up. All right, that's fine. Um, we'll get our research team on it. Um, but we did want to talk about some of the more clutch Hornets of this season. And Doug, it is, it and, is Kobe and, Bryant. It is Kobe Bryant. He's the perfect. NBA all-star game, most valuable player award. So they got, the problem is they sort of box themselves in by doing that. So, but I think if, if that wasn't the case, then Kobe Bryant probably deserved the clutch player award. No, it would make a lot of sense. So who deserves the Kobe Bryant award as will dub it for most clutch player here for the Charlotte Hornets, somebody that was drafted by the Charlotte Hornets. Hell, there's your connection. So when we talk about that, the last couple of years, I feel like it could be, I mean, Terry Rozier would be it immediately. And you really wouldn't even think about it, who the most clutch Hornet was. Doug, I'm going to take a wild guess. I think you I, have. that's what I was going to, that's what I was going to ask you like before, cause I've got the stats pulled up. We can all right. take a look at them together here on YouTube, but I wanted you to kind of give me the, the eye test. And a lot of this is subjective, right? Because I'm going to, there's no like one number that you can look at. I mean, you really have to look at, you know, how many attempts are they making per game? What's their right. efficiency? What's their field goal percentage? What's their three point field goal percentage? What's their ability to get to the line? Because Clifford's been preaching it, right? Getting to the line is one of the most efficient looks you can get in the NBA. The Hornets aren't doing it enough and doing it and making your shots in in that clutch period is super key. Uh, so a lot of factors. We can be a little subjective with this, but what what do you think? You know, eye test. Right. Who's been the most clutch Hornet? Yeah, I mean, I think if you go, if I'm going to try to guess what the stats will tell you, quote unquote, man, Terry Rozier has still had some clutch moments, right? I mean, we we talk about it. It took a while, but once he came back, he would go. <laughs> what one for five from three point land, one of six, one of seven. And then at the end of the game, he would hit a a key three pointer to keep them in contention. Dennis Smith jr. Man. I mean, if you talk about some of the layups, I think he had three. I, if there's no sample size, I might go Dennis Smith jr. Doug, because I can think of three layups that Dennis Smith jr. Hit in crunch time. So if, if sample size is not accounted for, give me Dennis Smith jr. As the leader in the clubhouse. I don't think that's a bad uh I don't think that's a bad choice there, Dennis Smith Jr. Terry Rozier is a bad choice by the definition of how right. they define clutch, which I think is last five minutes. Here's the problem. Terry Rozier has been hitting big three point shots lately, but they've been coming in like the middle of the fourth quarter when either the Hornets need to stave off a run by the opposing team, like what happened in their last win against Washington, or whether they need a bucket uh to really get back into a game. Terry Rozier has been big in like the six to like right when they insert the starters back into the fourth quarter, like that six to five minute mark, but it hasn't been necessarily knocking down shots in the clutch period as NBA defines it. 
Uh, but in terms of field goal percentage, Dennis Smith Jr. right there in, in second place under Mason Plumley, who doesn't get a lot. Uh, those are all putbacks, essentially. Right. D- Dennis Smith Jr., 50% from the field on 2.7 attempts. You know, in terms of attempts, it has been Terry Rozier up at, up at the top at 3.1, but shooting 27%. Dennis Smith Jr., on the other hand, 27 shooting 50%. Look at P.J. Washington, though, in terms of field goal percentage, almost 44% in the clutch period on 2.3 attempts. That's not bad, but look at the three-point percentage, 22%. Not good. Well, well, and and the thing with P.J., I actually am not surprised because it's almost the opposite with Terry, right? Where Terry is so bad. If we're talking about the last five minutes, Terry has not been good the first four, but he might hit a shot real late and the percentage isn't good, but we view that as more clutch. I feel like PJ Washington has been hitting more in the first four minutes of those last five, but we kind of remember some of the missed shots in that very last minute. Jalen McDaniels too, right? I mean, Jalen's nowhere near the top, but Jalen has been more visible here lately. I think I've seen complaints yeah. on Twitter or the text line about missed three-point attempts. Missed corner threes. Two. Yeah, he has not yeah. been reliable in terms of corner threes. But if you look at the overall stats, yeah, I mean, again, not shooting a ton. He doesn't get a ton of the opportunities in the clutch. But when he does, he's 40-50-100 in terms of the splits. But again, not generating enough looks, I think, to be considered on this list. Uh, and, and in terms of free throws, because I think we too often forget about free throws when it comes to rating someone's ability to be clutch because, you know, getting to the line is so important, as I mentioned. Dennis Smith Jr. leads the attempts, but his free throw percentage is at yeah. 33%. P.J. Washington and Terry Rozier right under them, uh, right under Dennis Smith Jr. at 0.6 free throw attempts per clutch period. And their free throw percentage is 77.8 and 85.7. So there's an there's a an argument for Terry is that he's able to get to the line. He's been driving the ball effectively this season. He just hasn't been shooting the ball effectively. Uh, I'm gonna give a nod also if you want to take the full picture into account. Look at Kelly Oubre, 1.5 attempts in the clutch, 43.5% from the field, 46% from three the on almost an attempt. Yeah. Yeah. And 66.7 from the line, so not great from the line, uh, but not generating a ton of attempts from the line either, so he's not like killing them from there. But three-point attempts, I mean, I think you have to give a nod to Kelly as well. No, for sure, and and I would have expected, if you were to give me a list of three or four guys, I would have said Kelly It would have been up there. Um, but coming oh in, gosh. I think tied for fifth from what I see. So okay, oh, how did one, JT yeah, Thor get up there? What you do? Well, well, because I was sorting it by turnovers to see if anyone was like coughing the ball up too much in the clutch um and but JT Thor this there's only one game in which he played uh not even a minute in clutch and he turned the ball over once so that's not any at a foul that's honestly it's kind of impressive that you don't even play a minute in clutch all season and you manage to get a turnover and a personal well, foul I I think well if I'm not mistaken I think it was the same play I think it the was offensive the offensive foul, foul. Yeah, it was an offensive foul yeah and I and I forget what the game was, but I remember him doing because Kai Jones had the same thing. It was a moving screen, and it, it might have been the Nets. Maybe I'm not sure. I think it was the Nets game, but yeah. So the more Thor movement, not exactly wanting to showcase the quote unquote clutch stats for Jay. So so I think what what we've determined here, Walker, is that no one on the Charlotte Hornets will really be a threat to win the Jerry West probably should be Kobe Bryant clutch award this season. Uh, and you know, 
again, I got to go back to injuries. I mean, I feel like, you know, full deck, it, it would be a lot easier to evaluate people's ability. I, I think what you have to really, you know, going back to our first kind of tying this all back into our first conversation, you know, I think like their ability to even be in clutch situations is impressive. They're not getting blown out of the water by a lot of these good teams. Some of them, yes, Boston, Memphis, uh, are are good examples of when they have, but they've also played the Clippers close. Uh, they beat Minnesota when when they had all of their players. So this team is fighting hard, and I think that's an argument to stick with the Bugs, unless uh, these you know these four players that are out right now, if they're out for another five games, then it then it might be time to stop sticking with the Bugs. There you go. All right. Way to bring it full circle. That's what a good host does. Thanks for making Lockdown Hornets your first listen today. Well, no, your... to be fair, to be fair, the AI wrote that entire little soliloquy that I just went. Oh, so. You got me again, man. I should have known. For your second listen today, check out Lockdown Sports today from the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights. Only Lockdown can provide Lockdown Sports today, available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcast. Have a great rest of your day. We'll be back with you tomorrow. Beep, boop, boop.